Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico Lapalusa, your host. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. It means, if not the world, it means a lot to me. If you're a fan of the show, if you like the show, leave a review. If you listen to it on Apple or Spotify or YouTube, you know, show some support, show your love. I'm coming to find out if it makes a difference. And that would mean the world to me. I would appreciate that very much. Only if you like the show, though, of course. If this show is not for you, if it's triggering or what have you, you know, maybe just let it be. It kind of always amazes me people leaving reviews. No, I guess it doesn't. You only leave reviews for things you love or things you don't like. And, And most of the time, I guess from personal experience, I've been called to leave a review just a handful of times. I can't even recall the reviews that I've done, particularly the ones where I've just gone gone out and done it. I can only think of two times I left a review. One of them was extremely po- one of them was positive and one of them was negative. Most recently there was a negative review. I think I told this story before, but just briefly recapping it. I was in Miami uh, for a peyote ceremony. And my my friend had met up with me. He'd flown in from Minnesota. And we got a, we got an Uber together. And and this brother, this friend, um he's he's been in a wheelchair for some time. So we get him into the Uber and then you know I'm gonna help. I'm gonna take the wheelchair and put it in the trunk. Well the Uber driver flipped out. Because he didn't think there was room in his in his empty trunk. He had an SUV. He starts cussing at us. He only, he's only speaking Spanish. I'm pretty all right at Spanish at this point. And I'm, I'm like communicating back to him in Spanish. But because I'm excited and like, I'm like, why are you yelling? Like, this is your job, man. We're paying you to transport us. You have room in the trunk. And he had all he had to do was take the divider out of his trunk and put it in the back seat. But it was a whole thing. And just the inconsideration and like the unprofessionalism, it's like, dude, we're paying you $40 to take us 15 minutes away. Like, you can't assist just putting a wheelchair in your trunk. Anyway. Oh, you know what? I didn't even leave a review. (laughs) I was going to. I was going to. Because this guy made me so upset. I'm sitting in the car fuming. Meanwhile, the brother I'm with, he's like, man, it's all good. Don't even worry about it. This guy's going through a rough day. Like, just give him the benefit of the doubt. I couldn't. I was pissy. So upset for his lack of consideration. And the injustice, it's like, dude. You, you think, like, anyway. I was going to leave a review. I didn't. Okay. I must have left a bad review. Once or twice. But the positive review I left was uh, was for TikTok, actually. And they caught me. They're, they're like, you know, I was, it was a good day or whatever. My serotonin was jacked because they had 
my content was doing good. And they're like, well, how do you feel about us? And I'm like, you know what, TikTok? I actually feel good about you. I feel so good that I'm going to leave you a review. Five stars. And I wrote. So I left five stars and I started writing. I'm like, man, this year has been wacky. It's been crazy. And TikTok has actually been a place for me to get some sort of social interaction, some sense of community. Um, it's been extremely validating for me. Uh, and it's been, it's ease. If you don't use TikTok, I, the, the, it, it's an easy way to edit videos. They've made it very easy to edit and streamline like videos. I, even iMovies are slightly more complicated than TikTok. Uh, and, and I liked editing videos even before the TikTok thing. I would put stuff out there. I would even make videos for, that I've never released. And um, so TikTok's kind of given me this creative outlet because I haven't been drawing that much lately. I haven't been painting that much. Um, I've been making some music, haven't been meeting up to dance. So, you know, I'll, I'll fuck around with TikTok and uh, express myself creatively through video editing and through just like kind of this creation of videos. And I was talking to, a, you know, I was talking to a friend and actually he was, um, he was saying like, he doesn't give any likes out. Just kind of like review. I wonder if he puts reviews out there. I wonder if he, uh, if he does reviews, I'm going to ask him. So he doesn't do any likes. He says if he was to like something, it would have to have blown him away. And I, I'm just reflecting on, on like my history with social media. And it's like, I'm such a like whore. It is so easy to, for me to throw out a like. And I wonder, like, I wonder the balance of that. I wonder the perspective of that. Because, like anything, there's many levels to why I do it. So from the egoic level, from, like, me, me, me level, it's like, I'm getting my name out there. Because when you like something, someone will see it. It's just like a reminder, like, oh, he's alive. Particularly if they look at their likes. Some people do, some people don't. Um, so it's kind of like in a way to get positive attention. That that's my mindset. That was my mindset at least, or sometimes when I'm operating from the egoic level. Um, another reason I put likes out there is if someone interacts with my content, which has been more and more lately, and I'm actually doing something and maybe y'all can correct me on this. If you think it's kind of lame. But my uh, Instagram account is a private account. So when people friend request me, I have to approve it. And what I'll do is I'll see who's requesting me. And I'll go to their page. If it's a public page, I'll go through their pictures. If I and no, it's not if that's the thing. It's not if I'll go through their pictures and I'll like one to five, depending on the ones that catch my eye. Just a like. 
you know? And for me, it's kind of like, hey, thank you for seeking me out in a way. I see you. That, that's what the that's what the intention is. That's kind of like the narrative I tell myself when I'm when I'm doing it. It's like, hey, I see you. Appreciate you. I hope you stick around too. You know, because what happens when you when your account is private and you're getting an influx of follows? It's like people will follow you. And then once you grant them access, you'll see your numbers go up by 20 follows and then down by five. So it's kind of like a retention strategy as well. But he doesn't, my friend, I think he wouldn't care. He listens to the podcast. Hey, Matt, if you're listening and you haven't left that review yet, please do, bro. You know I love you. Um, but he doesn't leave any likes anonymous. He just anonymously is watching. He's just, he's just another number on the view on the views. And it's so intriguing to me because I've been liking stuff for a long time. Like it's effortless for me. I wonder if there was a time early on like 2013 or something when Facebook was just entering my sphere. It's like, I wonder if I was more coveted with my likes. I remember likes being more f like few and far between. I kind of reflect back to like 2016 when Instagram was first. Was that 2016? Must have been 2013 as well. Can't recall. Yeah, it's been more than four years. And uh, yeah, it's just likes were sparse. It's... And it's even, it's kind of crazy this, what TikTok has done. And, and this is kind of a point I want to make is my relationship with social media now is so much different and it's not necessarily like completely like enlightened, if you will, but I'm so much more comfortable in the groove of my social media relationship. And this, and it's a simple switch is I create and put out content much, 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 much more than I consume. That's been the shift. There was a few years where I was um, just consuming, 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 maybe a couple hours a day, maybe more some days. Um, just kind of, kind of scrolling through consuming. And I wanted to create and I wanted to be seen and I wanted to be in the mix and I wanted to have interaction, um, I'm curate interaction on my posts and stuff. And I just wasn't, I was, but no, but I was, I just not consistently, you know, once every two weeks, I would be like, I don't want to bother people, <laughs> you know, someone can, it's not that much of a bother to scroll, scroll past if you don't want to play or enter, enter the sphere. So, that's been a huge shift for me is with TikTok particularly the first I've had it now for a year because I had it when it was musicality musically and um, I would consume maybe a couple hours a day and now it's been a complete 180. I, I don't consume any TikTok really any 
Yeah. Even when I'm consuming social media, it's not really TikTok because with TikTok, what I, what I do is I edit all the videos that I'm going to dispense, disperse over Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, I guess. And, um, and I'll post it and then I'll go to my page and I have enough comments and I have enough people to interact with on my page. And I, and like, I just want to curate that community, you know, check people who are throwing shade or celebrate people who are sharing love. And my check when people are throwing shade is, oh, interesting perspective. I see you, you know, I, you know, I can't think of the last shady comments someone's thrown me, but you know, they're out there and very few and far between. And I wonder if TikTok does that. Or I'm not sure. Or if the content that I'm putting out there just doesn't really gravitate that much anger. I wonder. Because I will go to some people's, I've been to some people's pages and, and gone to the comments and it's like, it is a little more harsh. Particularly if it's like a beautiful woman or like a, a young boy that's just kind of dancing with his shirt off or being silly, you know, it's easier to hate on those people and, and it does show up there. But that's basically how I use TikTok is I, I create, I try to give value and then I interact with the comments as, as best I can with, um, with the content that I've created. So I kind of stay in my sphere, stay in my bubble, and I feel like I'm creating. I feel like there's like a little purpose behind it, and therefore it doesn't really drain me. And uh, I got rid of Facebook off of my phone. I think it still acts. I didn't delete my account or whatever, but it almost it was like two two things that happened recently, and it's like oh I've been <laughs> actually it's been like three. And I made episodes, uh, I think the PTS or the alpha and trans episode, I talk about a Facebook post where I had to kind of like, I didn't put my foot in my mouth, I feel like, but I had to, I didn't have to either, but I felt compelled to defend myself or just, you know, explain myself a little bit more, create a little more clarity around a post because it seemed like I had offended or hurt some people, which, you know, wasn't my intention. So I felt like I had to rehash that. And, um, that's not what got drawn me away. That's just kind of like a straw on top of the camel, not the one that broke the camel's back. Then the next post was someone posted a, um, a satirical article, except I didn't know it was satire. Ugh. You know, when you, when you love comedy, like I do in terms of like viewing hours, like I've, I, I just love watching comedy. It's what I gravitate towards. I watch so many specials. Um, I, it's what I like to write in this podcast. Sometimes I try to be funny. Uh, although it's been a little bit. So if you've been here for the comedy, I hope you found a way to laugh at me 
at, at the seriousness I've been bringing. Um, but whatever, it's been real. Anyways, so a friend posted this article and it said, what did it say? Um, new age hippie girl one day, fascist leader the next. Something like this. Like new age hippie girl is the new fascist. That was the, that was the title headline. I'm like, okay, I kind of agree with this in some ways. I've been seeing a little bit of this piling on effect that's been happening in culture. I've been seeing a little bit of this left becoming the right, becoming the left, you know, the opposites really becoming. And of course the extremes are kind of polar, like um, polarized in the limelight. Um, so I was, you know, whatever I'm interested. I was hooked and I read the article and the article said, um, the author's like, I dated a girl in college and it didn't really go anywhere, but she was kind of a, she was a super vegan, super hippie, super, um, girl. And this was five years ago. And now all of a sudden, um, she made a post about pedophilia and how that pedophiles should be murdered in concentration camps. That was the whole article. I used to hook up with a girl and now she's making violent posts against, against pedophiles. And then, and then the article went on to say, and now, Oh fuck. What is it? It's like, and an expert had to say, that like fascism is now tied is now linked to the left wing. Damn it. I wish, I wish I had the exact words. Maybe I can. I blocked the post anyway. Because, so I'm like, this article is trash. What kind of journalist just makes a huge generalization about people based on a relationship they had where it went wrong. And this bullshit expert who I looked up and I couldn't find any publications on. There's no, like, there's no profile. There was no publications on this expert. And I wrote, I wrote the person who posted the article. I said, this article's trash. Why are you posting this? Like I said, Fugazi. So this article's Fugazi. For those who don't want to read it, I gave a brief outline. I'm like, a guy hooked up with a girl, things didn't work out, and now he's trashing her. And this so-called expert is basically piling on and saying she's a bad person. That's it. I posted that. Of course, a day later, maybe a couple hours later, I, I, I go on and comments, comments, comments under my comment. Someone doesn't know satire. Someone needs to be explained to satire. And the person who posted the article, hey, this is like basically an onion article. It wasn't the onion. It was something else. And uh, this was meant to be satire. But here's why I posted it. And he gave me a huge description. And instead of fighting back and like trying to explain myself, I'm like, damn it, I've been got. 
And the first, <laughs> Jesus, this has repeated itself because in college, before I knew about the onion, my roommate sent me a newspaper article. No, a video. And the video was customer finds human head in between the lettuce and the tomato of their Whopper. Lawsuit against Burger King. <laughs> and instead of knowing the satire right away, I said, how did the employee not see a head in between the lettuce and the tomato? So cringy. So cringy that I didn't know the satire. <laughs> so, um, but at least with that one, my roommate just knew that I, I was being gullible and he gave me shit. This one, I publicly was being gullible and there was like five or six people that gave me shit. Now, this is where things get interesting. And this is why I deleted Facebook off my phone. Because someone who I've, I've had bad blood with. Now, last episode, I talked a lot. It's the last two episodes I've talked about forgiveness. And um, this, this relates. Someone commented under it, basically laughing at me. Like, I said, oh, I've been gotten. I brought shame to my family. This happened when the onion came out. History is repeating itself, basically admitting my fault and made my blame. And like a bunch of people liked um, someone needs to understand satire. But there was one person in particular who I didn't feel had the right to pile on because we haven't had good blood because our relationship. Look, if I don't know you and you want to make fun of me, that's okay. If I'm friends with you and you want to make fun of me, I encourage that. But if there's bad blood between us and we're we haven't had a friendship or if you've if there's been drama that without resolution in this particular moment I was triggered. I wrote this person an inbox. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here we go. I wrote this person an inbox. Now, I've I've written emails before that I've shared publicly on the podcast that were short and simple and hopefully effective. And, I, and they're not, it makes me a bad, you know, it's not the high, my highest self isn't doing this shit. You know, maybe it is. Maybe sometimes the higher self has to stir things up so things can land in a different way and be resolved in a, in a, in a unique way. I'm not opposed to that. And I'll get to that. But I sent an email to someone who tried to scam me. Eat shit and die. Simple. A simple. And with this person, similar. Similar. Short and sweet. And uh, a little vicious. You know. I said. You've always walked. You've always walked around with a undeserved super, uh, superiority complex. Be sure to piss off, or go ahead and piss off. Leave me alone. Something like that. Like it was two sentences. Something like this. 
Now, instead of reaching out to me or just letting it be, because I didn't explain to them that what they really, with the straw that broke the camel's back, was them piling on in this post and, and trying to put me down after something I kind of already admitted. They basically, it felt like kicking me while I was down. I said, dang it, I messed up. And, and my bad. And they're like, yeah, fuck you, you're bad. And at that point, it's like, nope. If I already apologize and I already admit my wrong and someone's saying, and they, they need to um, basically exact their wrath on me. I think this is what wrath is in the seven deadly sins. It's like someone who admits their wrong in a particular situation instead of someone saying either nothing or I forgive you or I understand. They're like, yeah, you were wrong and this is why. And, they're, and they pile on, the pile on. I won't allow a pile on. On me or others. When I see it, I'm not in for the pile on. And this particularly triggered me. So instead of reaching out to me, instead of, or even being anger, like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Don't send me this. He screenshotted that message I sent him and then posted it to a group that we were both in. Now check this, check this out. I blocked him, which, you know, he's had, he has my number where, where I only blocked him on Facebook. He has my number. He has my Instagram email, all sorts of, all sorts of ways to contact me. But I'm like, at this point I was kind of fed up with Facebook. I was already a little bit sad with Facebook. Blocked him, I blocked him on Facebook and kind of did a little clearing of, of some people out of my Facebook realm, which people do this all the time, but why do you have to post it? Hey, I cleared out my friends group. If you're seeing this, you made it. I kind of want to bail now. I kind of want to bail a person that is making me feel like I have to be thankful you didn't unfriend me. Someone I haven't talked to since the time we met in wherever. Anyways, I did block him. So maybe he would have reached out and lashed back and clapped back there. So he screenshot it and put it in a group. Now, when you block someone, you can't see anything they do. So... For some reason, this group that he posted that to, I never post anything to this group. It's rare. I maybe put a song in there two or three years ago. I'll interact with some stuff, but I've never really posted anything. All of a sudden this day, I decide to share a stock tip. I'll share with you guys because I think it's decent, even though the stock market, it might be at a high. I'm not really... This is all personal feeling, gut feeling. I'm not real big on buying in right now. I'm actually thinking of maybe doing a little liquidating, a little bit of selling because I think the market may dip, but I'm not sure. This is just kind of gut feeling. And um, 
I posted a stock tip. There's this group, there's this company called Compass Pathways, and they have a patent on therapeutic and clinical psilocybin use. Now, psilocybin has been approved and uh, legalized in two states, maybe more, in the United States. And this means that clinical trials of psilocybin are going to be legal. And since they have a patent on synthetic psilocybin, which is what's going to be used in the laboratory, which I don't, I mean, I think you should use the full mushroom, but it's a step in the right direction. And so I like the company and I buy in on companies that I like and that I also think are going to grow. So I bought in at this Compass Pathways um, when it was about 30, it's at 60 now. So I've doubled my money that I put in there and I, I decided to share it to this group. I said, Hey, this company compass pathways, they have a patent on psilocybin for, for clinical use. Um, it's, it seems it might be a little high right now, but if it drops back to 40 or low fifties, I'd say scoop it up from Nico. No one interacts with the post. I find that kind of odd. Cause like it was just a, good, heartfelt, solid piece of advice. Maybe one or two people interacted with it in a group of like 50, but it was seen by 30. And uh, I get a call later that night. Hey, I just want to check in from someone in the group. Hey, I want to check in about your post and, uh, you know, the post from the guy. I'm like, what post from the guy? They're like, oh, someone screenshotted what you sent them and said that they were, you know, basically that you were a mean person, you were a bad person. I was like, ah, that's really fucking weird. That's really fucking weird that I was drawn to post to this group that I never post to on the day that I was kind of defamed. And that's so fucking weird that someone would basically post and defame me. And then I would counter with, here's some stock advice. (laughs) Like, it's just a really weird situation. Like there's something going on with, like I can feel the world, but I don't always know what I'm feeling. And I'm drawn to places, and you are too. I'm not special, I'm not saying that, but I'm drawn to places and I'm drawn to particular actions and I don't necessarily know why. And then I, sometimes I find out like kind of why I was drawn to this group and instead of, and I didn't see the post and instead of, instead of interacting with that post, which I hadn't seen, I just like put a piece of stock advice out there that I had, I don't know. It was just really weird. And it's weird that I legitimately didn't see. And I'm like, And yet I still posted to this group. And, uh, look, I I wasn't even, it's like, whatever, man, you're going to defame me. Here's the thing. Even after reflection, no, I'll get into that. So I basically post after getting the message. I I put a a other statement out there. I said, I wasn't aware. I told him how I wasn't aware of the post because I had blocked this person and you can't see what they do. And I was drawn to the group and I guess I posted a piece of stock advice, which is kind of weird in response. Um, And then I said, I will seek resolution 
one-on-one. -on -one. This person's wife then posted, there's no seeking there's no conflict to seek resolution. You interrupted our dinner. How dare you? Get over yourself. Get over yourself always feels like the lamest. Maybe I feel like my sister said it when she was like 12. When she's like learning herself. To get over yourself just feels like bad advice. It just never seems like the right advice. Get over yourself. I think better advice is like know yourself. Like who, who are you? Like know better. It didn't feel like this person, I felt like they were defending their husband who, and they didn't really know the history that we had. And they were kind of like just a little teenage girl, like upset. It didn't feel like they were coming from a place of wisdom. Like you ruined our dinner. Get over yourself. Uh, really into myself. I'm the most into myself than anyone can ever possibly be. And maybe show me what being over oneself looks like. Because if you'd considered where I'm coming from, that would show that you're over yourself and then I could take your lead. But I took her advice. I'm not going to fight a mom and, a, and, and this woman. I'm not going to fight her. It's not about her. It really isn't. I admire that she's defending her husband, even though she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know the situation. And she's in the wrong from my perspective. I admire that. So what I said was, your feelings are valid. Dinner is a very sacred time. Dinner with family is a sacred time. I will seek resolution of the conflict one-on-one. -on -one. This will be the last message I post to the group. So in a way, I, I was validating her. I wasn't going to say, no, you're wrong. I wasn't going to explain myself through the format of writing on a Facebook group. It was, hey, your feelings are valid. You should feel like you want your husband to, you know, feel good and, and not attacked and, and comfortable and your anger is valid. Denying my, denying my feelings isn't the move. That's what I did by saying I will seek. She said there is no conflict. I said I will seek resolution to the conflict on my own. And my feelings are valid too because you don't know the history. Dinner with family is sacred. She said, I ruined her dinner. I said, okay, this is how I'm showing as your feelings are valid. And this is why, you know, here's evidence of me seeing that your feelings are valid. I'm not just throwing out your feelings are valid to kind of shut you up. I'm saying your feelings are valid because dinner is sacred. And part of me is like, if dinner's so sacred, why is your, why is you guys have your phones at the table? But whatever. That's, that's low, that's low mind shit. And, uh, and so I left it at that. But after that, I was, 
compelled to take Facebook at least off my phone. So I deleted the app. I'm like, this is, uh, I've had two or three now conflicts or just discomfort around Facebook. It's not, I'm not using it well. And it's not serving me. So yeah, made a little, made a little snip there. Now the next morning I, I was feeling like particular way, feeling the conflict, like between me and the person, which I get, I, I stirred up, even if they put, they threw the first shot in a way. I definitely cap like I'm like that's wrong. Don't fucking do that. And I I kind of made a mess. So I stirred up I stirred up this relationship, and I was feeling that the next morning. And I was sitting and meditating, and I've had a little bit of mushrooms, kind of a lot of bit of mushrooms on my on my desk around the altar. And about 20, 30 minutes in, I just ate some of the mushrooms. And then I kept sitting and meditating and then they started to come on and I'm like, this isn't a ceremony. I can do what I want. <laughs> you know, this is my ceremony. So I started dancing and moving around. I haven't danced in a while. So it felt really, really good to get up and moving, turned on some music, was feeling the mushrooms strong and going in and out. And then in my mind, I'm just like forgiving myself, you know, for just going through like kind of forgiveness. I, it's it's going to be a new year. I just want to start with like a cleaner slate, energetically at least, with all these with all this conflict that's come up. With there's been like three people of conflict this year. Just want to start with a new slate, and I know I'm not going to get an apology from from them. I shouldn't say that because it is possible. I am. I do feel proud of myself and therefore not proud of them. And in a way I'm kind of creating that hierarchy system in my mind, justifying myself because I'm not afraid to, uh, in, to say, sorry, I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong and I'm not afraid to speak. I feel like a lot of, I'm just seeing a lot of people avoid a lot of people afraid to speak up and stand up. And it's like, I've really cultivated this bravery to be able to speak forgiveness and but i've also cultivated bravery to speak hey fuck you man because you are you're doing something to put me down you're taking advantage of me which maybe i got to learn how to put my boundaries so what i'm actually apologizing for was like instead of saying fuck you man putting up a boundary in a more in a not a nice yeah nicer way because basically by saying, fuck you, leave me alone, I'm putting up a boundary. But I think a more effective way to put up a boundary uh, is a different how. Not the what. I, so I'm going through this all this forgiveness and I'm like, I'm really not apologizing. I'm not sorry for what I did. Because I feel like these people needed to hear it. Maybe not from me. But what I said, I still believe. What I've, what I've seen, I still, there's plenty of evidence that support that. But how I went about it could be changed. And I'm sorry for how I went about it. I'm sorry to myself because how I went about it actually created more tension for me. And I'm sorry for you because you're not going to learn the lesson from me trying to, by, from me, my delivery of how I did it.
you actually will, I did you a disservice of learning about seeing this aspect of yourself that can be remedied by not delivering in a better way. So after I'd gone through all this forgiveness, I danced it clean. I gave myself a shower. I went for a walk. I did all the things. I'm like, okay, I'm going to send apologies to the people that I have conflict with. Because although they also owe me an apology, I will be the first to reach out. I'll create a bridge and they, for them to walk over if and when they're ready, which might be never. So no exp- lowering my expectations, doing, moving from the heart. And my heart was like, forgive, forgive yourself, forgive them. Say you're sorry. That's how you forgive sometimes is by saying you're sorry. And I was also, I was also learning this lesson. I can say I'm sorry without making myself lesser because the scary part of apologizing, apologizing, particularly to men, not maybe particularly to men, but like sometimes when I feel like I'm apologizing, it's like justifying how shitty they were. They're like, yeah, you were wrong. You're admitting it. You're admitting your guilt. And therefore every shitty thing I did to you is justified. They, I'm, I'm worried that people are taking my apology as justification for their shitty behavior. And that might be true still. But I had to get, get over that part. I had to apologize from a place of like pride and knowing myself, knowing that I couldn't, can't be lesser because of what they think. And so I just sent simple text messages again. I'm sorry. The best to you and your family moving forward. I'm sorry. Uh, I wish you the best fortunes um, in this new age of Aquarius because that just happened. And I knew that this that person likes astrology shit. Uh, I'm, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, all the best for the company moving forward. So I sent three of these texts. And only one person responded. I accept your apology. I I hearted it right away. Thank you. Beautiful. I wasn't expecting any response. The fact that you'd interact. Great. And then the next day I felt compelled. I'm like, if you would like to apologize, if it's important for me to let you know, I would be accepted as graciously as you. It's important that I built this bridge. If and when you're ready to cross it, you may. And now I'm repeating stuff from podcasts. So I'm going to jump out of this one. (laughs) I'm going to jump out of this one. But that is why I got rid of Facebook off my phone. <laughs> but I still have Messenger. Messenger still seems pretty useful, particularly with like interacting with large groups and etc. I wasn't expecting this to be the social media uh, episode. It really has become the social media episode. And a little bit of therapy. And I hope, you know, this... This is um, insightful into your own situations, your own conflict. I'm hoping that by sharing this, it's not just therapy for me. Even though maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it is therapeutic to share this with, with you. And also maybe it isn't. Um. But I hope you can extract something out of your own relationships and and apply it and apply it there. 
And fuck, family. This has been something that's been clear in the most immediate. It's been holiday time. And I've seen, I've heard people, <laughs> well, not to call any, not to call her out directly, but my girlfriend will do this. She'll, she'll, she came over for uh, the holidays. My family's here. Most of my family. And, and she'll just go, Oh, my family, like we, we made pizzas last night or something. I bought my, my dad a, a bread making book because he's getting into bread making and he wanted to try out this new pizza dough recipe. So we made a bunch of pizza dough and we, and then we all made pizzas. It's Italian. But, you know, she'll, she'll go, my family would never do this, you know. You know, my family, and, I, and knowing her family and knowing how fortunate she is and how blessed she is and how cool her parents and, and family can be, it's like, I'm, I don't want to really hear anyone talk shit about their family anymore. Now. There are some families that deserve some shit to be talked to them. And again, I'm not trying to deny your reality. In this particular case, I know she has a lot to be thankful for. And what she, and what she tends to do is, hey, I got a towel for Christmas. That's what she said. Now, she also got four or five other beautiful things. But she led with the towel thing. And it's like, I don't want to hear the woe is me. Not particularly when you have much to be thankful for. And I talked about this in, in an episode before. There was a huge shift in my psyche. There was a huge shift in my relationship to my family. Hence to the relationship to myself. Where I would talk so much shit about my family. Everything was wrong. They were so harsh or critical. or they The blame was just flowing. This woe is me was just flowing and there's just little that's more destructive to that. Like we were getting into family trauma stuff over the holidays and it's like I really found out, you know, who's been hit by which grandparents the most and where and like all those stories came out and it's like I've been hit once by my by my mom and I earned the shit out of that. And she hit me harder than any anyone's ever hit me. Like, she's a strong woman. but And she had a ring on, open hand, wall up to the face. And uh, I remember, I remember that. She doesn't. That's okay. I remember it. And um, apparently, like, some of my uncles and you know, they really got it from my grandparents. And I was kind of proud to see that despite that, despite that trauma, that, that, that physical trauma, it's like there was still no ill will. Like almost every sentence was followed by, yeah, but there's just a lot, you know, they did right. My grandparents did right. You know, supporting five kids, supporting three kid, two kids, three, two and a half. Three. And, um, and that's what I, that's what I need. That's what I like to see. That's what I need to see. I, I can't, 
I wonder how I'm going to like, I know it's going to come up again. I just wonder how I'm going to frame it to get people to stop the blame, to stop the comparison. Oh, my family wouldn't ever do this or I'm, you know, I, I just what it is. I, I don't want to get into too many specifics because it just feels kind of like outing particular people. My point is, is if you can learn how to speak well of your family or not, or say nothing, mostly nothing. You know, there are some people that you, that you can build trust with, that you can vent about, that you can be very authentic with. And there's a difference between telling what happened and the elaboration as well. You can say what happened. And as the, the more you stick to the facts of the story or the facts as you remember them of the story without throwing in the extra, um, like assuming their, the other person's intentions at the time or is like making, building these character flaws within the story. If you can deliver a story, this is what happened. My, my grandpa got mad at me and, you know, he smacked my bottom. And my grandma got mad at me and she hit me with a wooden spoon which might be true. But like, as long as you avoid like, yeah, she was always just a mean person. And, you know, she used to beat me with a wooden spoon. Like there's a difference. You can kind of feel this difference. And I, I just want to, like, you can tell the truth. Not everyone is going to be the best person to tell the truth to. But what really changed for me was learning how to speak gratitude, be, say not say something nice or say nothing at all particularly about my family, um, has helped me a lot. I don't feel shame around them like I used to because I used to talk shit about them, come home, and then I can't look my parents in the eyes. And then it would be their fault. And I would just spin myself down into this like little hate spiral. But I was perpetuating it. Like I was casting shade behind their back. And then all of a sudden when I saw them, like... I, I couldn't look them in the eye. I had this shame. And so what I would do is make them the bad person. That's what I really want to get at is people will talk shit. And then when they get to the, when you see them in person, they can't face what they've done. They can't face themselves. And so they'll make you the worst person. They'll continue to make you the shit and they'll only see the, and they'll paint this worst picture of you instead of just, you know, the, the cure to that is, huh? Man, that person's just living life. I didn't have to throw all that blame. I shouldn't have talked behind the back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for having done that. And you say this in your mind, and maybe you can have the bravery to say it to someone else. You fucking bitch. Sorry. <laughs> I am sorry for saying that. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And I don't know. Your words are spells, they matter. It doesn't even have to be this like super metaphysical, magical level. It's just if I talk shit about someone and I see them and I, I notice I can't look them in the eye or I feel a little weird and then all of a sudden people just double down and just double down on my negative thoughts about them and I keep them trapped in this double bind where I'm forcing them down but I like and telling them that they should get out, like they should escape. Like I'm pushing them to the ground. I'm like, why aren't you ever standing up? People do this. 
people push you down and, and say, you should be standing up. Ugh. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard for me to deal. And, and I can I don't gossip. I don't shit talk. I'm so sensitive about that shit. I'm so sensitive about it. And in that way, I have lots of flaws. And in that way, I am setting a good example for myself and for those around me. I don't talk shit behind people's back. I, I rather talk it to them. When someone makes me mad, I'll say, hey, you're a dick, piss off. And then they'll screenshot it and tell and go tattletale on me. And I'm just not like I was raised in the northwest suburbs of Chicago and I know snitches are bitches. Snitches get stick. I guess I listened to enough NWA as a as a kid or some shit. It's like this tattle, tattletales are just fucking worse. I am putting them down. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to learn about that somehow. I'm sure the lesson will be like, hey, here's a situation where you have to actually tell on someone. <laughs> like, that's that kind of happens sometimes. I'm shitting all over tattletales, and then life will give me a, a situation where it's like, you shouldn't take care of this on your own. You should tell the authorities. You still think snitches are bitches all the time? Like, no, snitches aren't bitches all the time. Okay, snitch ass bitch. That's what God will say to me. Okay, you snitch ass bitch. Psych they are. <laughs> I don't know, I guess I'm kind of scary. I'm not scary at all. I, I, I'm so on, I guess I practice jujitsu now. That's scary. But people have guns, you know? People are men with guns and knives. It's not going to do shit. My jiu-jitsu is not going to do shit, and that's... I don't know. I should probably at least speak some empathy towards these people who feel the need to tell instead of, like, facing... facing me. One of my conflicts, the person doesn't tell on me. I think... I'm thankful for that. They internalize it and they counter and they speak it and they keep it between us. Maybe they tell a little bit on the side, but it hasn't been overt. No telling mommy. I've had other two conflicts where where these guys would just like tell everyone in the community, oh, Nick's being mean to me. They'll tell their mom. Mom will like be pissed at me now. It's like, bro, be a man. You're a man. I'm a man. Fucking settle this shit. I've never ever exacted violence, but by you tattling on me, I'm pan- I'm fantasizing about breaking things in or around your body. And that's a lot on me. I feel that weight on my chest. Even saying something like that, it's like, oich. Snitches get stitches, huh? I wonder if that's the name of this episode. I don't know. We kind of really went into... uh, Yeah, maybe. (sighs) Wow. 
This episode has been something. I hope the takeaway is that you can con- you can confront people. You can have the bravery to talk to the people that you're having conflict with directly. And that you don't feel the need to just bash them or, or gossip behind them back. I think gossip's huge. I wonder why I don't play and why I'm so sensitive to it. Maybe. Uh, and part of me doesn't even mind it. I'm like, okay, if someone wants to gossip and throw, because that Barnum and Bailey quote, it's like, you can say anything you want about me, just spell my name right in the papers. It's like, okay, if that's true, you know, maybe it'll bring the this podcast a particular prosperity. Maybe. <laughs> keep it selfish. And keep it selfish by confronting the people that you need to directly. When you talk shit about someone behind the back, you're not creating any resolution. You're creating shame in yourself. You're making it harder to forgive yourself and you're making it harder to forgive the other and move forward. So be brave. Be brave to talk to the people that you need to, to say the things that you need to say and that you want to say. Be ready for them to respond and be ready for them to not respond. Try to keep an even keel about you. They are just words. You can let words just be words. They don't have to cut so deep. And you got them too. You got them words too. And I hope you use them. I hope you use them to speak truth. And I hope you use them to uh, make jokes and to sing beautiful music and to speak love as well. Speak love. I love you. And thank you so much for being here. Please remember to leave a review. That would mean oh so much to me. They help. I didn't know, but they do. And that would be helpful for uh, me, the show, and hopefully for you too. Thank you so much. Uh, This has been The Good Wind.